All right, and welcome again to Backyard Catch, another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, this is Nick Roby, and I'm here with our good friend, Mr. Will Harper. Will, how's it going this fine evening? Well, I'm, about a little he- I'm battling a head cold today, um, so I'm going to sound a little nasally and a little deeper than usual, so I will try to articulate all of my words today. Uh, but other than that, I'm doing great. We are in game week for the NFL season. It's finally come. It's week one. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No more waiting around and preseason and training camp. All that's behind us. We've made it. We're here. Let's go. Mm. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Football's back. This is great. We've already had a couple. In full swing, yes. College football's already started. Mm -hmm. Um, Since Saturday, I've kind of shunned college football. Um, so I'm looking forward to the NFL season starting this weekend. You're ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my Gamecocks didn't look too good, but yeah. that's, a, that's another story for another podcast. It, it is. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was not a fun weekend, but we can, we can just jump ahead of the NFL. Well, um, so we just want to talk a little NFL with it being game week. And just now that uh, Sundays are not going to be full of all these teams playing. We thought it'd be fun to talk about them. So will, why don't you start us off? How do you want to start off? Uh, our All right. Um, let's go through the AFC and then the NFC. And I figured where we can start is with the defending champs, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, the Patriots did what they always do. They won another division championship in the AFC East. Um, and this year, uh, they're, looking, they're looking solid again. Um, Tom Brady is ageless. I'm pretty sure he's a robot at this point. Um, they've replaced all of his limbs with with mechanical features, and he's just outliving and all of us. Um, That's but yeah, the start being done for for Brady. I think I think the time's come. He's 42. I think you think I, so. I just you know let's just put some feelers out there. You know, this is one year we will be correct in saying that it's over for Brady, but I don't think it's this year. I still think he's got another year or two left in him. He pretty much eats like raw plants, and that's pretty much it. The TB12? Yes, he has his own diet. When you have a diet named after you, mm-hmm. that's pretty legit. It is pretty legit. Um, if I had a diet named after me, it would be pizza and quesadillas. So probably probably the, not suitable for an NFL playing the lifestyle. Pizza, the pizza diet. As some exactly. Oh, uh, another thing for you, Nick. You'll appreciate this. Okay. Um, before we started the podcast, I had a delicious apple cider donut from the Windy Hill Orchard, a staple in York County. I'm, I saw that you went. I was going to bring it up. I saw it. And I was like, man, that just that sounded so good. Man, yes, yeah. it was. It's it's life changing. Anyways, back to football. Back to football. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Patriots, they're going to be great. And something else that we want to do in this podcast is kind of um, go through some players and not spend a ton of time because there are so many players on so many teams and we have a limited amount of time. Um, but fantasy football is huge now. Uh, we're doing a league together, Nick and I are. Um, we started a dynasty league this year. Uh, so with dynasty leagues, you draft a team and then you keep that team until you decide to trade that player or drop that player. Mm-hmm. Um so we started a league this year together with that. And I know I love fantasy a lot. I'm in a, I'm in a couple of different leagues. Um, 
and I know most of you listening probably have at least one fantasy team as well. So we want to kind of talk about some players, maybe good or bad, just maybe one or two from each team, um, not spend a ton of time. Is there anybody in particular from the Patriots that you want to hit on? I think the one that, I mean, obviously Brady is going to be the obvious choice, but one that's interesting for me is the Josh Gordon aspect now that he's you know and 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 he's one of those guys i feel like when he is right he would be dynamic in that offense the problem is that he's just so streaky so i'm just thinking and because he was recently just reinstated back and he's officially on the team again um i I feel like he could be a sleeper for just like a, a to being on a team especially being like in the flex position on certain weeks especially when they play the teams that they play, like say they're playing the Dolphins one week. I mean, I feel like Josh Gordon would be a great guy if he can consistently be on the field. I think that's always always the thing that with him but, is he just can't be on the field all the time, or he hasn't been. And I think if he puts it all together, he could have a great fantasy year. Most definitely. I think he really helps Edelman, too, because um, Edelman needs someone to stretch the field so he can kind of mop up underneath. And with Gronk retiring – and Nikhil Harry injured on injured reserve. I think that Gordon is that definite deep threat that can stretch the field to open up for Edelman. I think that's a, a great person to hit on. Um, the one I want to talk about is Sony Michelle, um, the running back. So in the postseason last year, he ran wild on the way to the Super Bowl. Um, was the best player on the field throughout the playoffs, I would say. Um, but like Gurley, which I'm sure we'll talk about when we get over to the Rams later on, um, he's got some knee issues and that scared a lot of people in the fantasy world. Um, maybe not as I, well, I take that back. They actually went and drafted Damian Harris out of Alabama in the third, third or fourth round, I think. Um, and he's a very similar type player to Michelle. So even the Patriots and the way they draft, you're kind of like, I'm not sure about Michelle. But in the preseason, he looked dynamic. When they played the Panthers in their dress rehearsal, he was just running crazy. Um, so, yeah, I don't think – if you if you drafted Michelle, I think you got to steal where you, where you drafted him at. Yeah, I think Michelle is a good pick, especially because uh, the Patriots are, are, are going to feature a lot with their backs because also a lot of what Brady's passes are, it's going to be Edelman over the middle, some deep shots with Gordon, and then – a lot of dump-offs to the running back, you know? That's why I was trying to get, like, a Rex Burkhead at first, too, just thinking, like, okay. <laughs> well, just thinking, like, I mean, even though he's, like, this, you know, deep in the, nope. the backfield position, Brady, you, that, that, that's, like, he uses a lot of dump-offs. They try to get the ball out of his hand very quickly. And so I think that aspect, too, makes Michelle very interesting. I mean, I guess it's just a Georgia running back thing. you got to watch out for their knees. But... um I think I think that's every Georgia pick. running back, yes, yeah, <laughs> it's a requirement. And especially in our league, in a dynasty league, you definitely you grab him up and then just work with what you got and just make sure you have some reliable backups in case you know, in case he goes down. And if you're in a single, like just a year a yearly one, I think Michelle's still a good pick and, and still it's, it's still worth the draft pick. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh, keep working through the AFC East. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Um, not much to say about the Bills, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah. as a as an outlook for the Bills, I don't see a whole lot from them. I think, I think they'll be around five hundred, 
between the seven and nine to nine and seven range, like just outside of the playoff picture. Yeah. Um, I like McDermott a lot. He was the defensive coordinator here with the Panthers uh, mm-hmm. a little while back. I really like him a lot. I like the defense that he's building up there. And I do really like Josh Allen. He's the guy I want to talk about for the Bills. Um, their quarterback. He's He kind of reminds me of Cam Newton in a way that he's this super athletic guy um, with a huge arm and he's inconsistent passing the ball. So from a Bills fan perspective, you love him, but it's also kind of frustrating because he'll make these great plays with his feet. He'll throw these deep bombs and then he'll just make these boneheaded passes that are five yards overthrown on a wide open guy down the middle for an easy first down, things like that. Um, but from a, for a fantasy purpose, he's going really late and he's really good. I've got him as like a, maybe a top 10 quarterback this year. Um, so Josh Allen, even though the bills themselves, not a fun team to look at, not a fun team to watch. I think Josh Allen can have a great season fantasy wise and a good enough season to put his team in competition for a playoff spot in real life. No, I think it's, I think it's a good pick, especially fantasy wise. He's going to get the ball with a lot of touches and he, He's, he's a dynamic runner, and I think as a fantasy-wise with the quarterback, that's a huge asset. I think that's what makes Cam also really valuable is because you know he's going to get some yards that way. He'll probably get some touchdowns. You know, like when they're close to the goal line, that's always a threat to get the touchdowns that way. Um, and so the, the thing with him is, is, is can he make that next step? So I think the Bills, and with the Jets, it, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of teeter. I think it's kind of how they play each other this year is probably – who is the, finishes second and who finishes third? Because we know who's finishing fourth in this division. <laughs> yeah, since you mentioned the Jets, we'll kind of talk about them next. Um, what's really sticking out for you for the Jets this year? Well, one, their uniform. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole thing in and of itself. I feel like it's very mixed. I feel mixed about their uniform. But it's, Do you it's like nice. it? That's what I mean. There's some times where I look at it, I'm like, this is all right. And other times I'm like, what are they <laughs> That's how I feel about their uniform. Um, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like with, with tape on it. I think Darnold is really interesting to me. I mean, I, I picked him as part of my draft. Now, granted, we have a huge bench. And I have, like, four quarterbacks. So that being that disclaimer, I think Dar- the, the verdict's still out on Darnold. I feel, I've seen this huge swoon of really highly sodded as a draft pick, played well. A little bit well at first, you know, had some rookie struggles, and now, you know, you have guys like Baker Mayfield and other people who have kind of lofted above him. But Darnold's mm-hmm. still, and I think it'll be really interesting, especially with the Le'Veon Bell. Having a guy like if Le'Veon Bell can be even just like eighty percent of what he was in Pittsburgh, uh, I think that's a really huge asset for a guy like Darnold. And I think it'd be it'll be fun to watch that dynamic this year. So I think if if Le'Veon, so I guess when I, it, for me it's how does how's the Darnold and Bell uh, dual threat? How does that work together? Um, and can Le'Veon uh, keep up what he was doing two years ago in Pittsburgh, or is that time off? You know, sometimes it's like the time off and the change in scenery doesn't actually help, and he starts to decline. Gotcha for sure. Yeah, the Le'Veon. Seeing how he does behind that line, which is not as good as the Pittsburgh line was, is going to be very interesting to see. Um, a player I want to mention real quick is Robbie Anderson, uh, the the deep threat receiver for the Jets. Um, 
he's one of the best deep ball receivers in the league. So I'll be interested to see um, how he's used. If it's more of maybe a guy that scores eight, nine, maybe even ten touchdowns um, this year, or if they're going to use him more of a decoy to kind of keep the defense honest so that they don't stack the box and try to stop Bell and those underneath passes the whole game. So interesting to see what Robbie Anderson does. All right, we're not going to spend much time um, on the Dolphins. I think we'll talk about them more next year whenever they have Tua as their quarterback. Um, but Tua. Hashtag. <laughs> That's it. Um, any any thoughts on the Dolphins? Um, other than they're just – they're on a bargain sale right now. Um, I – Basically, all their people, they've kind of left. So, I guess the interesting aspect for me is Woody, like with Josh Rosen. Like, I feel like he's just gotten some bad luck. So, I think it'll be interesting to see how he and Fitzpatrick gets used this year. But it, it just, it seems like it's all going towards, they're just trying to, to tank, to get their, to get the guy that they want as a quarterback. And it doesn't seem to be Rosen right now either. So, Gotcha. And yeah. just, uh, just a one-word answer. So the big thing right now with the Dolphins are there is their running back situation with Kenyon Drake or and Kalen Balash. Would you rather have Kenyon Drake or Kalen Balash? One word answer. Mm, a lot of thought going into it. Yeah, I know. I guess Drake, just because honestly I know more about him, but Balash is a better sounding name, so I don't know. That's the one. Yeah, the the Bellagio. The guy, um, the guy in our league who has him actually named him the Bellagio. Well, nicknamed him. Um, solid choice there. I have Kenyon Drake in our league, so I'm I'm hoping that it's Drake. Secretly, I was hoping that they would have traded Drake to the Texans. That was my underlying hope that didn't pan out. But yeah. Anyways, another another topic for later on. Maybe maybe trade Den Line. He'll find himself somewhere where he can actually play, and the team isn't terrible. All right, moving on. Let's go to the AFC North. Um, Let's talk about – let's start with the Browns. They are the team that is the sexiest pick in this division right now. Um, something that if you would have told me that a year and a half ago, I would have laughed in your face, um, that the Browns being a sexy pick for anything. But somehow, here we are. Um, they have Baker. They have Odell. They have Landry. Um, they have Chubb, they have Kareem Hunt for the second half of the year. Their offense is looking stacked, and their defense is actually pretty good, too. Um, anything that you really want to hit on for the Browns? Do you see them winning the division? Um, personally, no. I think I think that it's a, it's a lot of fun hype. It's one of those things where like it'd be fun to see the Browns win the division, but I think people are also forgetting there's so much personality on that team, too. But if things start going wrong, it could turn, it could implode very quickly. Um, you know what I mean? Like Odell is really great, but he he's not always like the best teammate. And I don't know. I, I and and Baker says a lot of stuff, which can be good, but then it, I think it could be one of those things that it could it could quickly turn. You know, and um, I guess it's just kind of I want to wait until I see it. It's kind of how I feel. Um, I think the, the, the person, the dynamic is to be interesting is the Chubb and Hunt dynamic because Chubb has been a great player and Hunt obviously before when he was on Kansas City was dynamic and with all that stuff that we know went down, 
it'll be interesting to see how how that kind of plays out, how they use them um, with each other. Can Chubb, you know, obviously another Georgia running back, can he stay healthy? Um, so I think that whole di- – the offensive dynamic is really interesting to me. Like how is that actually – it's all these separate pieces, but how they all flow together in the dynamic of a full game, you know, and not isolated pieces. Right, that's some good points. Um, Jarvis Landry, since he came into the league, has always been the alpha receiver. So he's always gotten the most targets, the most catches. Um, but that's not going to be the case this year. Odell's going to be the man in Cleveland. So I'll be interested to see kind of what Jarvis's production is whenever his piece of the pie is cut significantly. I think that's going to be something to watch. Um, they were also they're also college teammates too, though at LSU. That's correct. Well, another interesting dynamic of it as well. And I think they've they've been kind of planning to get together. Um, who would have ever thought it would be in Cleveland though? Uh, Another thing I want to mention real quick about um, Kareem Hunt is that I'm wondering how much of Kareem's success was because of Kansas City. Because we've seen, right, this is the product of being the running back for Andy Reid because we've seen, like, end of last year, Damian Williams, like, traditionally not a great running back. He's, he's He's an average guy. He's like 20. Six, twenty-seven years old. He's never been a starter, never been the main guy. And then end of the year last year, he came in and balled out. So I'm wondering how much of Kareem's success was the product of being in that offense with Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and all those guys. So I'll be interested to see kind of how that plays out once he comes back from suspension. All right, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. Um, I actually like the Ravens to win the division this year. They're, they're my pick to win the AFC North. Um, yeah. I really like Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to take some steps forward in that offense. Um, with with his running ability, it automatically makes him a fantasy steal where he's going, which is also late, same area as Josh, um, as Josh Allen from the Bills. Uh, but the running back situation with Mark Ingram and then rookie Justice Hill, um, Gus Edwards, they have – this plethora of running backs uh, that they're going to, while they none may be great in fantasy, having all those different types of runners is really going to open everything up for Lamar on that offense, I, I feel like. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it'll be really interesting to see. And, and I think the thing, so the, I, I like the Ravens a lot too, especially because they're, you know, they always have a good defense. Um, I'm not as sure as them. Okay, and, and here's the preface with this too, is I'm a huge Clemson fan. So, as part of these things, sometimes it's hard for me to take my, I mean, I guess just my bias or what my lens kind of sees this as. So I still see Lamar as a dynamic runner, but like I'm not worried about him in the passing game. You know? So, right. when I'm thinking from a fantasy aspect, I'm, I'm a little bit weary of picking or, or leaning towards Ravens receivers. Because I don't know, I, I guess I just want to see what next steps he takes. Because he was really good, but then in the playoffs or just down the stretch, you didn't have to worry about the passing game. They just loaded the box and basically said, "Okay, beat us with the run game." And it was a fun, it was a fun way to watch the second half of the year with them. But I, I guess I would want to see what a full year of him would look like. Right. I'm not. I'm not interested in from a fantasy from a from a fantasy aspect at least this year any of the Baltimore receivers. 
I yeah. am interested in Mark Andrews. I actually have him in a couple different leagues. Um, he's been Lamar's favorite target in game action, so end of last year. And throughout preseason um, and training camp, he's been his number one target. So I am interested in that because he's got to throw somewhere. They can't run 60 rush plays a game. Um, yeah. So they're going to have to throw at some point. Uh, so I am interested in that. But, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what the Ravens do and, and how creative their, their running offense is. I think they got a chance to, to definitely lead the league in rushing. Um, but maybe even if Lamar can put it together, uh, make some noise in the in passing yardage too. Any other thoughts on the Ravens before we move on to the Steelers? Yeah, so let's keep on going. All right, going to Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, I think the biggest story here is the departure of both Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. So they're missing two of the two of the three um, killer bees, and with Ben Ben Roethlisberger being the only one remaining. Um, but Brown and Bell both moved on. So Juju is going to have to step up at receiver. And then James Conner at running back. Um, I think they're both quality fill-ins. Le'Veon is a top three to five back. And then I think Antonio Brown's probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. So big shoes to fill. Um, the offense is built in, though, to, to be dynamic. So I'm not really worried about it. Um, their defense is still solid. I see them. Um, I see three teams in this division that are going to be fighting for playoff spots. The Bengals, which we'll get to next, um, they're out. But the Ravens and the Steelers and the Browns, I kind of see them all right around the same win mark, right around ten wins. Yeah. Um, any any other thoughts on the Steelers for yeah. what you see? How how you see their season playing out? Yeah, I I, I kind of see the Steelers. Uh, I see the Steelers winning the division, but with it being like as a nine and seven kind of ten and six, you know, where it comes right. to like one week or so, and then with the Browns and Ravens, with at least one of them being the wild card, and then a good chance of a second, you know, even a possibility of them both getting the wild card. So, I I think the culture thing with AB last year was just kind of hard, and I think. As you'll, I think that they have an opportunity for a culture change, and I think Juju will really take a next step this year. Now, I'm, I don't know if he'll be like an Antonio Brown level of it, but I think he'll take another step. And from a fantasy aspect, I think Juju, like he's going to be a great number one um, for what you're kind of looking for. And it'll be fun to see that offense. And James Conner, again, not Le'Veon Bell, but has also proven he can be a consistent back in this league. And I think so they just need some more consistency in their play with the Steelers and kind of coming back to like just being consistent in who they are. For sure. Um, I'm also excited about Vance McDonald in that offense. He's finally got a chance to be the guy at tight end. Um, and there's a ton of targets that Antonio Brown commanded last year that are now up for grabs. Of course, some are going to go to Juju some are going to go to ancillary pieces like um, James Washington and Dante Moncrief. But I feel like a lot of those targets are going to go to McDonald. We've already seen him steal Chris Conti's soul on Monday Night Football last year when he stiff-armed him through the ground. He went ahead and buried him right there six feet under on Monday Night Football. Um, so I'll be excited to see kind of what that does yeah. and what he, what he does with a full year there. 
No, I think I think that's good. There's a lot of AB targets to go around. Is that, I think oh. that's the Steelers, Steelers team. For sure. All right, let's move on to the Bengals. Um, kind of like the Dolphins, there's not a whole lot going on here. I do like Joe Mixon. Uh, I think he's a great back. I just don't know how much room he's going to have to run with the the line in Cincinnati. It's, it's not a very good offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see a whole lot with him. And isn't A.J. Green also hurt, too, again? He is. He's out for, from last I saw, at least three weeks is best-case scenario. Yeah. Um, maybe, so maybe week four at the earliest. We'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Understood. Yeah, when he's on the field and healthy, he is. I feel like he doesn't get as much praise as he probably should. But AJ Green is a dynamic receiver. But other than him on the on the team, I just don't see a whole lot of um, really big separation for them. And so we'll see. They're definitely the fourth team in this division. I think it's the hard part. So. Yeah, I think yeah for sure they're 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 going to be last. Um, let's see. Anything on AJ Green? I was trying to see if there's any updates. I can't really find anything right now on it. Um, but yeah, not looking, not looking great for AJ. All right, moving on to the AFC. We'll do the South next. Um, we'll start with the Colts. With the biggest news being Andrew Luck's retirement. Um, I remember. It's one of those things I think that we'll know as where were you when one of those moments. Um, I was I was at Alapam. We had just finished dinner. We were back at uh, where we're staying at with my in-laws. We're sitting on the couch watching some Braves on TV. And I got an alert from Sleeper that said that Andrew Luck was retiring. And I thought that my app was broken. <laughs> I was like, there's no way Andrew Luck's retiring. Like, he's 20, 28, 29 years old. Like, there's nothing going on here. And then I went on Twitter, and then there it was. Andrew Luck was actually retiring. It's always it's always Schefter, isn't it? It's always, it's always Shefty. It's always Shefty. Isn't it, side note, isn't it amazing how two main sports, and it comes down to, we're all looking at all these, like, breaking news, breaking news is either it's Schefter or it's Woj. It's one of the yeah. two. It comes it out. It is. Of, it's amazing. They have, they have monopolies on their sports breaking news. It's it's, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> I was for where were you when Andrew Luck retired? I was at my friend uh, Barrett's house, and we were watching the Miami Florida, the Battle of Florida um, game. That was where not a lot of defense was played, and. Yeah, I looked at my phone. So here's my phone gets a lot of ESPN updates, as Noel will tell you. Um, that I don't want like 75% of these, but I don't know how to make it go down. <laughs> for me, the ESPN app has now become the boy who cried wolf. Like, like I don't even want to look at this. So I remember seeing a, a thing that was really short, and I turned back on the screen, and then Barrett goes, Wait a minute, did Andrew Luck just retire? And I was like, What? And I looked at my, and sure enough, of course he does. But it was one of those things, like, I remember thinking, like, ESPN, stop blowing up my phone. And then it turned out to be like, one of the biggest news stories in the past couple of years, at least in retiring wise. So there you go. Right. Yeah. So that was, that's definitely the biggest thing with the Colts. I liked them the most before the retirement to win the division. Um, mm-hmm. Since his retirement, Jacoby Brissett 
I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's he's serviceable, but he's he's no Andrew Luck. Um, yeah. So I don't see them winning the division anymore. But Andrew Luck's retirement really hurts their other players from a fantasy perspective too, especially T.Y. Um, T.Y. Hilton is his top target. A couple yeah. of years ago when Luck was out all year, he he didn't have a great year. It was the worst year he's had in fantasy. Um, granted, Jacoby is better now than he was then. Um, I still don't see T.Y. putting up top 12 numbers like he was projected to with Luck. Yeah, I, I think across the board, everyone's going to take a little bit of a decrease just because, I mean, Luck is a, a top-tier quarterback, and Jacoby's good, like you said. But, you know, it, it's just you take a step back. And I think now the only the one I'm thinking of maybe like Mac takes a little bit of an increase because they might lean on the running game a little bit more than they would have with Luck, you know, just to try to get uh, Brissett into the game a little bit more, especially early in the year. But other than that, I think I think the Colts have definitely taken a hit. I mean, you understand why with Luck and him taking a step away. But from a fantasy perspective, they are going to take a step back, I think, from what was projected. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so. And with, with Mac, so you kind of see him actually have a little increase. I see him also having a decrease. Um, just because luck out there, he's going to be able to stretch the field. Um, he could throw all over the place. So the defense was loosened up a little bit, which gave Mac more room to run. I think defenses will be more keyed in on Mac to try to shut him down since he will be their, I guess, their top offensive weapon now since since Luck's retired. Um, be interested to see kind of how it plays out, whether teams stack the box against him or, um, if they try to open it up and come out guns blazing with T.Y. and the rest of those receivers. Devin Funches. I'm just kidding. I don't see Devin Funches doing much <laughs> like at all. I've seen enough of Devin Funches here in Carolina. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see how the Colts do. I think they're still going to be a good team. Um, well, and, and, and a side note, I think uh, Deion Kane, I'm really interested to see how he does. As a Clemson fan, he was a deep threat for us. Um and I think if he, because he was hurt most of last year, and if he can be on the field a little bit, he could be a deep threat, which could be a, a seat, you know, just one of those guys who could be become a security blanket for Brissett. So I'm, I'm just interested for me, like how, how does he do with that, with that offense? For sure. All right. We'll segue with your Clemson guys over to the Texans, who have a pair of them in probably their top two offensive weapons in Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. So I'll turn the floor over to you to talk about your love for your fellow Tigers. Well, where do I begin? Um, so I've been a Texans fan for as long as I can remember. And <laughs> Really? I did not know that. No, I'm just, I'm just being hard. <laughs> um, so here's the joke. So I have this theory is that if you, you went – and I've talked to some people, if you went to a bigger college that you tend to be a, more of a fan of your college football team versus like you're not as big of an NFL team guy versus like if you didn't go to a team that had a uh, traditional football program, then you might lean more towards an, your NFL team. And so I tend to lean more with my Clemson team. So when I think of the NFL, I still think of it in the lens of Clemson, you know, or just from that perspective. So. Yeah. So for me, it kind of like there's teams like the Bills a little bit because they get all that comes in guys. Uh, the Texans, obviously, and then like now the Raiders 
have a lot of comps against too. So you're trying, so you're rooting for, I would probably say the Panthers are probably my number one team that I root for, but you get also these pockets of you want these teams to do well because you want to see your guys do well. So the Texans for me are probably that other team where I really root for just because I've known those guys. And I think they have an opportunity to have big years um, with Nuke and uh, Watson being there. I think the key for them, it really hurts that um, Miller went down with the injury, I think. Hopefully they can um, have a backup for that. But the big thing for the Texans, I feel like, is their offensive line. Can their offensive line give Deshaun enough time to find his guys? Because he has time, he can be dynamic. But when he's rushed and he starts rushing throws, then he starts, you know, obviously with any quarterback, he starts making mistakes. So I think that's the big thing with them is can their offensive line give him enough time in the running game, enough space? Yeah, I think trading for Laramie Tunsil um, from the Dolphins is big there. He was probably the Dolphins' best player, honestly. Um, So having him protect Watson's blind side is going to be huge. Um, With Lamar Miller and that injury, did you see the video of the guy who drafted Lamar Miller and Andrew Luck back-to-back and then, like, within – like, the draft was still going on and both the stories broke about Lamar's ACL and Andrew Luck's retirement? Did you see that video? I haven't seen the video, but I've heard about the guy literally within the. It was like maybe a thirty-minute span or something. It was something. Right. Where it was very close. It was crazy that like he got both those guys. It was super bad luck. Yeah, that would be um, devastating. <laughs> but yeah, but with the Texans, I, I don't, I don't know about the Texans. I, I want to pick them to win the division actually, um, because I think they're the most talented team. Um, but I'm not sure about their defense. So they have Watt, who's top five defensive player in football. Um, and they have some other pieces on defense too, but I'm not sure how they're going to hold together throughout the whole season. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of the clowning move? I mean, I South Carolina, but also too, like, I felt like an interesting move before the season. Like, yeah. The season. Um, so they didn't want to pay a second defensive lineman the money that he was wanting. So like JJ White money, um, right. and the move to Seattle, I think, is a good move for Clowney. Um, he'll get a chance to be kind of the top defensive lineman there. Um, whereas in Houston, it was it was JJ Watt's team. It was his line. Right. Um, I think that the the Seahawks definitely got the better end of that deal. But I think that um, I think the Texans will still be fine, though. They have enough pass rushers to be able to to withstand it. Of course, they won't be as good as they were with Clowney, but they'll still they'll still have a pretty solid defensive line. It's just kind of the rest of the the linebackers and secondary that I'm kind of worried about. Yeah, but you know who does have a good defense? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. The Jaguars, yeah. So last year, uh, actually, we'll kind of go back. We'll go back to year before last. The Jags had the best defense in football. Um, and it was expected that going into last year, they would again have the best defense in football. But Blake Bortles was so bad that he wrecked his own defense. Like, they, they didn't want to play with him. I mean, they wouldn't. they probably wouldn't admit that. Um, Jalen Ramsey, who knows, he may actually have. 
But that's kind of what the problem was. The couple games where they were big-time games, um, I think might have been against the Steelers. I can't remember. But anyways, the defense played great, played lights out, and it was like super low scoring going into the fourth quarter. And then Bortles made some kind of mistake again. And then the de- like they showed the defense, and they all just looked deflated. Like, we've played this great game, stopped yeah. this great offense, and then you can't do anything. So I think having Foles, who is not spectacular by any means, but he's super steady. Um, yes. I think that's going to help the Jags a lot. I think it's it's going to make he's they just need it somebody consistent. They don't have to be like super great, but just like a general to be consistent. And that's what Foles is. Yeah, it'll be interesting with him this year. But I, I actually have the Jags winning the division now. You do? Okay. They're my favorite. Yeah, I really like D.D. Westbrook too um, as a fantasy steal, yes. kind of later yeah. in drafts. Um, I think that he's going to be the main receiver for Foles, um, and I think that he'll be he'll be a monster. Um, let's move on to the Titans. Um, <laughs> it seems like in every division there's always an "uh" team, and that's kind of the Titans. So, the thing yeah. about the Titans is I say "uh," but like they're a playoff contender, which is super weird because I don't like anything about them. But yet they're going to win eight games. Um, yeah. I really don't have any thoughts. Marcus Mariota is not very good. In Oregon, he was great. In the NFL, not very good. Yeah. That's where I start wondering is it, I think it's partially him, but also partially you just start to wonder if the scheme in the NFL is really like fitting to his strength. You know, is the coaching like helping with his strengths? I think the big thing with him, with the Titans this year, I mean, it's, it's Derrick Henry. It's the Derrick Henry train. And it'll, it'll be fun to watch him this year. Uh, yeah, I think that's the thing, is if the Titans are going to do well, they just have to be consistent. I think that's the hard part with them, is they're just uh, they're, they're just going to be really inconsistent. And, you know, there's be times when they're they're playing really well and beat some team on the road, and then they, like, Lose to some team that they're you know not supposed to, and so they end up being this playoff team, but then they haven't been super consistent all year, and so that's the thing. The thing, the thing with them, that's the thing with this division, especially with luck gone. It's really an open field of who can win the division. It's about who can be the most consistent. I feel like yes, I agree with that 100. percent This is, I believe, this is the most open division. You can I could make a case for each of the teams coming in first and last. <laughs> so yeah. I, I really have no idea. I think in the baseball preview I talked about the American League Central as a division I knew nothing about. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the same way I feel about the AFC South. Yeah. Um, like there's I have no idea how this is going to turn. Yeah. Who do you have actually winning the division? You know. I would have said the Colts being of the year. I think I'm going to go Texans, um, and not just from the Clemson bias, just just because I think they just have some weapons that I think can really make a difference. And I think Bulls will be an improvement for the Jaguars, but I don't know if they'll push them to be a division winner. Gotcha. And so I, I would probably say Texans, Jaguars, Colts, Titans is how I, how I would gotcha. go one through four. Sweet. Yeah. All right. 
let's roll on to the AFC West. Um, we'll start with the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, so Pat Mahomes last year, first year as a starter, literally set the world on fire. Um, had over 50 touchdowns, I think. Yeah. Um, of course, Hunt's gone. Uh, Tyreek Hill gave them a scare, but it looks like he's going to be there. Uh, Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in football. Um, they drafted Miko Hardman, which is just speed embodied. Uh, they have Sammy Watkins, who's also um, former former Tiger. Uh, who's a who's a pretty good receiver. Um, I don't think he lived up to the hype that he had coming out of Clemson, but I mean he's a serviceable number two type receiver. Um, and then they also just uh, traded for Lashawn McCoy to split time with Damian Williams. So this offense again should probably be one of the top two or three at the least. Offenses in football. Yeah, they're they're. I think they're gonna be the most fun offense to watch still. And I think uh, Mahomes is gonna take a step back just because his his rookie year was incredible. And it, how do you follow that up with so much? Like, there's so much expectations and hype around him now that I just I think he's gonna take a step back. And a step back would be like 38 touchdowns. Which is still a great year. <laughs> it's a great year. But, like, from his, you know what I mean? It's going to feel like a letdown after last year. Right. So, they'll still be dynamic. And they're still going to be either the first or second team in this uh, conference in playoffs. Right. And the other team from the division that is going to be contending with them for the top spot, I think, is the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, right. They just have a, a great team all around. Just a, Great defense, great offense. Phillip Rivers is ageless. Um, not in the same way as Tom Brady. Phillip Rivers doesn't have his own diet. But um, no, he's he, still I, hanging in there and doing a, a great job as a as an old guy. I know. He just has nine kids to keep him young. That's what it is. He won't <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly what it is. He has no choice but to stay active with all those kids. Um, but we can't talk Chargers without talking about the Melvin Gordon holdout. Yeah, um, it's not it's not looking good. I would say. I don't know. I don't know if he'll necessarily do what what Lev Bell did last year and sit out all year. Um, but I I don't see him coming back for at least the first first quarter, if not first half of the season. Yeah, these holdouts are interesting to me. Um, just from my perspective. You know, Bell, it kind of worked for him. I mean, he went to, I mean, I went to the Jets are a better team than the Steelers, but he he was getting more than what he was wanting. And now you're getting some other guys who are doing it. And I feel like eventually it's going to kind of backfire on a couple of not as high tiered, especially with running backs. And like Zeke, even just saying out today, he's probably going to get paid more than what he wants. I think Gordon is in a tougher spot because he's not as dynamic. He's really good. He's just not that level of a running back. So, right. I, but I, but but you get it from their perspective too because as a running back especially, you have to get paid what you're worth as soon as you can because the shelf life is so small for them. And so, I don't know. It, it's a bummer from a Spanish perspective because be, I think they've got a fun team this year, but I think I think they'll still find some serviceable carries for that offense. So, right, 
And I think that Eckler and Justin Jackson will be serviceable in Gordon's in Gordon's stead. Neither one are as good as Gordon, obviously. Um, but Eckler will do feeling the same kind of role he filled last year of catching passes out of the backfield. Um, and Justin Jackson in his playing time last year when Gordon got hurt at the end of the season, I mean, he did a pretty decent job. Uh, scored a couple touchdowns, had some good games. Um, so they don't need them to carry the load that Gordon did per se because they have some great receivers with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and then Hunter Henry's back um, at tight end. They just need players to be able to keep the chains moving, and I think that Jackson and Eckler can both do that in this offense. Um, mentioning their defense real quick, they got my boy Melvin Gordon. You showed some Tiger love, so I'll show some Gamecock love. Not Melvin Gordon, excuse me, Melvin Ingram, excuse me. Too many Melvins. Um, Melvin Ingram, we signed him as a linebacker. He played some fullback. He played some defensive line, went back to linebacker, played some defensive tackle, some defensive end, and now he settled in an outside linebacker in the NFL. Very versatile guy. Um, but, yeah, I like, I like Melvin Ingram a lot. Uh, kind of an underrated guy, I think, too. Like, people in the NFL know who he is now, but he really had to earn his stripes, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, sticking in the West, let's go – Let's go up to Denver next. Talk about the Broncos. Um, last year, coming into the season, there was a lot of hype on Royce Freeman, the rookie running back. And then, when you know it, the other rookie running back, Philip Lindsay, stole the show. Um, finished as a top 20 type fantasy running back. Um, but this year, we got new coaches, and all of a sudden you're hearing, okay, it might be more of a 50 50 split between Lindsay and Freeman. So from a fantasy aspect, I don't know what to do with that backfield. Um, otherwise, though, they have Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback now. They drafted Drew Locke, who's going to open the season on IR. I think eventually he's going to be um, their top uh, quarterback. Um, not this season. They'll probably go the route that Kansas City did with Mahomes um, sitting behind Alex Smith for a year. Right. But I do think that uh, Drew Locke was a, a pretty good pick for, for uh, Denver. Um, and the last thing I want to mention on Denver before I turn it over to you is Emmanuel Sanders. The man tours ACL at the end of last season, and then he's on pace to start. Excuse me, not his ACL, his Achilles, which oh, is a yeah. harder injury to come back from um, yeah. at the end of last season, and he's on pace to start week one. That's insane to me. It is insane. Um, the Achilles injury, especially, is so um, can be so devastating for players, and it's crazy to think how they can be back in like nine months. You know, back to their full strength. And so I'm, I'm really rooting for him just to, you know, get to get back and, and be at full, um, being at full strength. So I think him that anyway is interesting. And then you've got Joe Flacco, I believe, is their quarterback now. Which is still weird to me. Um, <laughs> Very I, weird. I think he's still on, he's still on the Ravens, but he's he's there. Let me see this this team. I, yeah, it, there's definitely a drop off when you talk about the Chargers and the Chiefs and the other Broncos. I think, yeah, the thing for them is the running back 
duo of Lindsay and Freeman, what does that kind of look like from a fantasy perspective? And then what does Sanders look like um, are probably the, the big points with that. I am kind of excited about their defense this year. Um, we know about Von Miller. Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb is going to be a monster, too, on right. the other side of him. Yeah. And then their secondary is, is top-notch again. And I think having um, a head coaching change and bringing in Fangio, who was the Bears defensive coordinator last year, um, so his specialties defense, I think that he's really going to bring some some attitude back to that defense, and they'll be back to what they were a couple of years ago when they were uh, one of the top defenses in all the football. Yeah. All right, let's move on to everyone's favorite hard knocks team, the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they did a lot. They, and by a lot, I mean they brought in Antonio Brown. <laughs> That's a lot in and of itself, uh, bringing that guy in. Um, I don't know what to make of the Raiders this year. I don't expect them to contend for the playoffs um, because the Chiefs and the Chargers, both of them should make the playoffs. If both teams play the way that they should, they should both be in along with um, the winner of whoever makes it out of that muddied AFC South, uh, the Patriots, because we know they're in, and then two of those AFC North teams. Um, Yeah. Um, so even if the Raiders have a pretty decent year and win seven, eight games, I think they'll still be out of the picture. Um, but I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about it. Uh, I have Josh Jacobs in our dynasty league. Yes. And I'm very excited about seeing what he can do with a full-time role. He's never had one at Mm -hmm. Bama. Uh, Damian Harris was more of the starter and he was more the change of pace back, but, he was the more dynamic and explosive of the two and Oakland doesn't really have anyone behind him. Um, they have Jalen Richard who can catch the ball and be a third down tight back, but he's got every opportunity to be a full workload three down back. So I'm excited to see what he can do, um, with Tyrell Williams stretching the field, Antonio Brown everywhere. And then your boy Hunter Renfro working underneath. Um, I'm actually secretly kind of excited about this Raiders offense. I think there's some fun dynamics to it. And I think now if uh, if they can figure out if they really love their quarterback, um, I think for a stretch yesterday they had four quarterbacks. So that was interesting. <laughs> That's right. They did. They did. But I think they put um, they put one of them on IR. I forget which one. But, um, yeah. The Oakland, Oakland's just going to be a fun... They're going to be an interesting team. Um, and for me, I selfishly have some interest in this as well because there's at least three clubs and guys. You know, Renfro is a big one. I think he's going to have a... I think he's going to have a good year. He's just kind of going to be secret on guy, like sneaking on guys, and he can become a good third down slot receiver for them. Um, Cleveland Farrell, the defensive end, who went... was surprising to me he went fourth... But for a team that's trying to change a culture, I think he's a good guy and will will bring some good aspects from the edge. I think it'll just be fun to watch him on the edge. And the thing for me is also I'm really interested to see if Antonio Brown can find a helmet that he's okay with. Because <laughs> him to do well. And there, I've been living in so much Antonio, Antonio Brown drama this year as he is on my team. 
It's not my fantasy team. So selfishly, I want him. I'm rooting for him to figure it out, him wise, because I think he can do it. <laughs> I, think, I believe in him, and so I think I'm just hoping for the best with that. And didn't you take him in like the second round? You know, we don't need to talk specifics. <laughs> I think just to know that he's on my team. And for the record, he went. He was my third round pick, um, but I had him on the turn, so I guess it kind of counts as my second round pick. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I took Calvin Cook two and then him three. But he he is he is like I said earlier in the podcast. I think he's the best receiver in football. Um, I've I've had a lot of Antonio Brown on my teams over the years. Um, whenever he first broke out, I actually picked him up off of waivers that season. Um, somebody dropped him like three games in, and I was like, "Oh, Antonio Brown! I can pick up and play him as my flex every week." He ended up being like the number eight overall receiver that year. The next year, he was like number two and number one. Um, so I've had a lot of him over the last five or six years. Um, I don't have him anywhere at all this year. But I do still think he has some good stuff left in him. Um, I don't think he'll be as, as good as he was in the past with Ben, just because I don't trust Carr as much as I did uh, Big Ben throwing the ball. Um, but I do think that He's going to have some some great weeks. And this Raiders team, I think they're going to beat some people. I think they're going to sneak up and maybe even outscore some people. It all comes down to their line. If their line can hold up um, and open up holes for, for Jacobs and protect long enough to take some of those deep deep shots with uh, Tyrell Williams and Antonio Brown just to keep the defense um, loosened up a little bit, I think they got a chance to shock some people this year. They won't be consistent, I don't think, to to do it consistently. But I think they got a chance to steal some games they shouldn't. Well, that's for sure. I, I can see them being a, a sneaky 6 and 10, 7 and 9, have um, That'll be fun. All right, so that's the whole AFC. All right, Will, um, who, do you, who do you have? I mean, just put you on the spot. Who, who do you have coming out of the AFC in the Super Bowl? Um, For the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, I think that's kind of the the default pick um, for most people this year, but I do really think that they're gonna they're gonna put it together and, and come out of there this year. Um, I think it's gonna be the same AFC Championship game with them and the Patriots, um, yeah. and I think it's gonna be at Kansas City. I think yeah. they're gonna end up getting home field, um, and I don't think that the Patriots can beat them twice in a row. With all of that, so yeah, I have the Chiefs. What about you? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go to Chiefs as well. I think that they take a step up. I, I, I would have to agree, not to be boring about the same thing. But when I look at this, I think those are you have to put the Patriots at least into the divisional round, just of who they are. And I just see them their structure winning out. But I think that the Chiefs just have so many weapons that I don't know if the Patriots can keep up again. Uh, another year after that. So I've got, I've got the Chiefs. And if the Chiefs can host at home, I think that's the big thing with them. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, I got an idea. So how about, since we went kind of longer than we expect, we'll make this a two-parter. Ooh. And we'll cut it off here with the AFC. And then we'll we'll do a separate one for the NFC. So that we, way we don't have an hour and a half long podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's, let you, let's you take a little break. So we'll do a little sneaky part, you know, when the book is only one book and they make three movies out of it, like Harry Potter, and they make, 
two parts. We're going to do a, a sneaky second part. Uh, the secret yeah. sequel. The secret to the NFC. To the NFC. So stay tuned. We've got some. We'll have some fun stuff with that. So, well, guys, we're going to cut it off here. But thank you for listening. And remember to, to jump over to the to the next episode to pick up on the NFC. So remember to but uh, subscribe, share with friends, um, all lovers of sports. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. All those places, backyardcatch.com, to stay tuned for all stuff um, coming out, especially with football season coming on. So thanks for being on, Will. This was really fun. And um, we'll sign off. So catch us on the NFC podcast.